Here we are. You're back from dinner. I'm uh, off the couch, ready to go for another episode of Advantage Connors. How you doing up there? This is Brett Connors, your co-host, as always, with Jimbo. What's up? How are you this what? evening? What? Listen, there's only three people that's ever called me Jimbo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You can be the fourth. All right. Uh, you know, geez, it's been a long time since I've heard that, Brad. And, and you know, it, that all started with uh, your grandmother and your great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. you know, call, calling me that. And I know that name caught on, but uh, I, I remember one, uh, and I want to drop a name here. I hope you don't mind that, that uh, uh, we, we were at a luncheon and uh, we were, we were with the original 007, Sean Connery, uh, who uh, came, became a friend. And I, and I, I had to get up and I had to leave the luncheon. And, and, and I, I mentioned, I said, you know, I had a great time. It was good being with you. And, I said, I want to go and practice. And he says, well, Jimbo, he says, I want to come and watch you practice. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at him and I said, not many people call me that 007. <laughs> so, nice. but it was, it was, it was great that, you know, that he knew that because I mean, that was, you know, kind of given to me by, you know, by uh, my mom and my grandma. And, and uh, it's kind of cool, kind of cool to hear it again. Thanks yep. for calling me. Oh that. yeah. Great grandma has one of the best nicknames, I think, to mom. I think that's uh, kind of fun. You know, you got mom, but then it's not grandma, it's two mom. Right. Well, she was, she was like our second mom. And then, uh, you know, when your grandmother, my mom was, was busy. I mean, she, she took over the role of all of that and, and, uh, what, whatever it was, whatever needed to be done. And, and, uh, it all started with my brother, John, who, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, passed away just last November, but, uh, you know, he, he couldn't, you know, when he was so young that, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, grandma or whatever. So, but he, he was saying mom, but, but he would say two mom, two mom. <laughs> and then, and, and it stuck. Nice. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Sean Connery, really good. Also as Indiana Jones's dad in the, uh, yep. as in the third one, which was a solid flick back in the day. Let's see, we're still in the middle of Madrid. So uh, I don't want to go too deep into the tennis just because it'll date it immediately when it comes out Friday morning. And we're recording this uh, Wednesday night. But um, what do you think? I saw a, c- a couple little things that I wanted to uh, ask you about. Alcaraz and Iga still doing well, still dominating. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one moment with Runa that uh, that I wanted to get your take on that, you know, immediately I'm guessing a lot of people probably thought about you, that he was playing uh, Davidich Fokina, the fun Spanish player. They had a really good three-setter. Uh, Fokina ended up getting through that. But there was a call on a serve that uh, Fokina thought was out, it was in. I can't exactly remember which way it was, but, and they were looking at it. And then now they have the digital like Hawkeye on the clay. Mm-hmm. They go, they go to the call and, and it confirmed whatever it was on the court. And then, uh, you know, Fokina kept arguing, arguing with the umpire, thinking that wasn't the, the right mark. And, and then Runa, when they crossed to go to the, you know, play the next game after the changeover, he went up to the mark and like kind of went down to it and looked at it real close and then just like, you know, stomped it out with his foot. Mm. That couldn't, that, that made me remember uh, a clip I've seen from, <laughs> it had, it was at the U.S. Open. It's on that green clay. So it had to be the, yeah. the old U.S. Open. It, it was at the U.S. Open. I was playing against, there was in the semifinal against uh, Corrado Barazzuti. 
guess Runa kind of felt the same way as I did. I, you know, got got a little tired of hearing all the bitching and moaning about it, so I just went and rubbed it out, and then then it was over. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and we went on. But oh, the admonishment that I got from the chair umpire—I I, I felt really bad. <laughs> I bet, really. Uh, well, uh, not so bad. I went on to win the match, but uh, unfortunately, I did not win the tournament. I got to the final and lost to. Uh, I think I, I think that's the year I lost to Velos there. So, okay. yeah, you know, th- things happen. But uh, you know what? Picking up for your rights is uh, out there. And because you, you don't have a coach, you don't have anybody in your corner arguing for you. And, you know, especially now, you know, with the call, it's being made for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the crowd has three seconds to see it. They clap about three times and all of a sudden they see it and they go, oh, right. Or, or they clap, you know, you know, before. I mean, that, that could have been some excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, for the crowd to get in it, to bitch and moan themselves about, you know, who they're for, you know, is it in, is it out and let them really get, you know, uh, you know, their teeth into the match and 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 into the player that they want to win. But, hey, those, those days are over. You know, back in those days, brother, we were the Wild West back then. And we've talked about this before. And, you know, a lot of I guess a lot of the rules that are made now was because of us. And uh, isn't that cool? Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I mean, in some ways there's some positives, but to me, it feels like it strips the game of a lot of the like personality. Because, like, even the other day, I heard one of the announcers—I can't remember who it was—but they were saying, you know, isn't it great? There's the system, almost in a way that was like that. It takes away those moments, you know, the like. It arc. does. No, it does. But it, but it take it takes away the passion, really. I mean, you know, if I if I'm willing to fight that hard for something, I must, you know, think that I'm at least you know, close to being right, mm-hmm. you know, from, for me, especially back in the day, I mean, you got a guy sitting in a chair and I know he's trying to do the best job he can and, you know, blah, 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 all the, all the right things you want to say, but it's awful hard for him to see a ball going a hundred plus miles an hour on the other side of the court that, that is that close to the line. Right. You know, back then it was the overrule and, and, you know, if you challenge and the overrule and then, oh, Christ yeah. almighty, it was, you know, it was like, uh, you know, running through a briar patch sometimes. And, uh, you know, but, but to me, I mean, you know, you know, oh, it's gamesmanship and I well, don't know, it seems to me like there's a lot of gamesmanship in a lot of sports, you know? Yeah. So you know, what the hell? I think that, uh, it's a bummer because when you watch it, cause I watch a lot of tennis matches for work and then for fun. And, uh, you know, unless there are moments like that where there's a disagreement or something, all it's going to be is like ball serve point. Next ball, right. serve, point, changeover. You know, it becomes very, like, almost methodical right, of what exactly. you're watching. So, like, the moments that you end up remembering or standing out from matches are these moments where, like, you know, hey, they disagree on a call or, you know, they're interacting with the the crowd or the fans are booing and he's egging them on or, like, well, you know, whatever. Medvedev at the U.S. Open years ago or Runa the last few weeks. And, you know, as, as fun as those matches have been and they've had great points and, and a lot of drama, a lot of the, the best stuff is that kind of stuff, you know, the stuff in between and the disagreements and these, you know, the stuff where you get to see the player's personality. Right. Other than just hit ball, hit ball, hit ball. Right. You know, I, I, I go back to my time better because, you know, tennis was different. It was coming out of, you know, a different era and trying to catch on and, and, and to become, you know, more than, than it really was just a country club sport. And, you know, we were selling more than just tennis, you know, I mean, you know, if, if we were just going to hit tennis balls back and forth, that, that had already all been tried already. 
you know, and, and uh, you know, to to take it, you know, to a different level and to to bring in a different crowd and, you know, a, a rowdy, a rambunctious, uh, you know, a, a, a sports crowd, a real sports crowd, a hockey crowd or a baseball or a basketball or a football or a soccer crowd, you know, that doesn't mind yelling and screaming and, and really getting involved. You had to give them more than just the tennis. The tennis right. was very important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if you didn't play good tennis, they'd let you know that too. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to be brought down on the court and play with you, you know, or against you, to root for you or against you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to be a big part of it. I mean, I, I look back, I mean, listen, the crowd won me more matches than I probably should have won. And they probably lost me a few that I shouldn't have lost. Right. <laughs> you know, but, well, you but, said it, you said it on our last episode, which match was it? You were like, uh, I was up. Or I got back to four all in the fifth with Borg, and then somebody said something right. in the crowd, and you didn't win another point. You know, so mm-hmm. there's 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 the times where they cost you the match, and then the times where they, you know, they, they put you on their back and they help carry you across the finish line. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a bummer because, like, I, I get some of it because you're like, well, it can't, you know, then the matches get long and this and that, but then they're so vague on so many other rules where, like, the bathroom breaks are ten minutes long, and you know, they can they can take them in the middle of a game or right before the other player serves, and you know, right. there, there's all these like little right. other ways where the gamesmanship is is almost lamer than just like people arguing or, or having discussions about like a disagreement on the court. Wow. Uh, sometimes I'm glad I'm sitting in my den <laughs> uh, and, and talking to you about it on our podcast. That's Advantage Connors podcast. Oh, by the way. yeah. That's a good reset. To all, to, all, to all our listeners out there, and we're glad you're a part of it. Thanks for being there. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. I don't want to talk too much about the tennis, but I know a friend of the show is in town and uh, we're going to try and get him hopefully on the pod before he leaves town, Mr. Spencer Segura. So have, have you been talking to him about anything going on in Madrid, uh, his take on maybe like Alcaraz or Iga? Yeah, we uh, we were talking to, we went to dinner tonight and uh, we're sitting, and he was very impressed with Alcaraz. And, you know, I, you know I, I know everybody can jump on the bandwagon because he's the number one player and he's the hot one right now and all that. But he did say uh, that he's improved his serve, you know, which, uh, you know, is 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 a big part of it because obviously he's, he's got the all around game, but to, to make an improvement where, you know, it, it's going to really show the difference against a guy like uh, Djokovic and, you know, Runa and Rublev and, you know, all, a center and all the good young players, it's going to give him a few more free points or give him that short ball early or yeah, let him play a little bit more aggressive, you know, off the serve. Uh, he, he was pretty impressed with the way he's gone about that and the way he works at his game. And, and, uh, and I know we've talked about this also, Brett, that if he stays healthy and Spencer uh, was saying that also, that if he stays healthy and continues to go about, uh, you know, working on his game and improving, you know, there comes a point where, you know, the improvements are not huge, you know, little, little bits along the way, whether it's improving your serve placement of your second serve a little deeper, uh, you know, uh, learning how to, you know, hit a slice and, and uh, to catch your opponent off guard. And it seems like he's done that and worked at his game to the point where he's not afraid to to do things differently and mix it up a little bit. And that's what Spencer was talking about tonight, which was uh, which was kind of, you know, good, because that's kind of what we have said over the, you know, the last number of uh, 
of episodes of our podcast yeah. that uh, the way he goes about it is uh, is pretty damn good. Yeah, definitely. One quick thing about the dinner you were at. I know you were there with Dennis Bonick, who just had yes. his birthday yesterday. He right? did. Happy, yep. happy birthday, Happy birthday, Dennis. Dennis. Shout out. We're not going to say how old he is, mm-hmm. so we're going to no. give him that break. <laughs> but did you ask, are we going whale watching? Are we going out on the on his, on his boat this weekend? Yes, you are. All yes, right. Yes, we are. Nice. I guess uh, the one thing uh, about that is to, to see about the weather. Uh, we're, we're supposed to get a, another bit of rain and for the next couple of days running through here. So that's know, all right. That all, clear, that all clears up for the weekend. And, you know, the, I guess a lot of the whales are saying, you know, we're a little late getting out of town. It's tax time. We better, you know, start moving <laughs> out of here in a hurry. Nice. Yeah. But that, that, that's going to be fun. He's got a great, he's got a great boat and, uh, Dennis and Sandy, you know, I've been friends, you know, for, for many, many years and it's, uh, it's going to be a fun day. Nice. But I want to tell you one thing before you go any further, I had one hell of a day and I'm proud of myself. And the reason why is, you know, that I'm an exercise nut. I like getting up. I like riding my bike. And, you know, if I can go for a hike, I've gotten on turmeric. Your mom mm-hmm. has got me on turmeric tea, which is great for inflammation. Okay. And I've been on it now for three weeks and it has been so far, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood, knocking on my wood floor that it continues because I am feeling a little bit better each day with, uh, with some of the aches and pains that I've had. So today uh, with Spencer, we got up and I ride my bike. So we shared the bike, uh, but we went down <laughs> to this one street that's uh, got one heck of a hill. And, and, uh, I did it three times and then I walked the hill twice and I gave the bike to Spencer. He did the same. We did that. Mm-hmm. Then I went, came back and I took, uh, our little mini schnauzer bogey for, for his, his walk, which was uh, about an hour or so. I got some good exercise. We went and had breakfast and that about flattened me out. But here's the one thing that was my most fun. I even hate to tell you, I played 35 minutes worth of tennis. Wow. On the backboard or with somebody? No, with Spencer. Okay. And we, we, I got one can of balls, three balls, and I think in 35 minutes, I don't think we missed four balls. <laughs> nice. But I, but I'm sitting here now and I'm talking to you and and I'm feeling pretty good. You know, usually I would come off and I'd be, I'd be, ooh man, I'm gonna feel it tomorrow. But I feel pretty darn good, and I'm even thinking about giving it a try tomorrow. But I would give up riding the bike. I would give up hiking. I would give up going to the gym. I would give up everything if I could play 45 minutes of tennis three or four days a week. And uh, boy, I'm I'm doing my best to get back to try to do that. And uh, that to me would be uh, would be a thrill because I miss it. Anyway, that was my day. Nice. <laughs> that was my day. Well, you know what? You should go go get in the hot tub and take a take a gummy or two, and I think that'll help uh, help with the soreness when you wake up in the morning. The gummies uh, I've had already. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little ahead of you. I like and, it. And, and, they, and they help also. So I'm yep. doing everything I can to feel better, to try to get back and, and do the one thing that uh, I like more than, uh, more than anything, and that's uh, hit a few tennis balls. Nice. I, I think you can get back into it. Spencer, stay in town. Maybe uh, see how you feel tomorrow. Hit again. One thing about Madrid before we move on, uh, the match we did today, uh, we did an Iga match. She played Petra Martic, pretty solid player, top 30, beat a couple good players this week. And just to watch the difference in level between Iga when she's playing good and other you know players when they're playing at their best is crazy. 
You know, you can mm-hmm. just uh, there's a, some separation there, and I know I know there's a couple players on tour that can consistently maybe give her problems, Rabakina and, and you know you know maybe Sabi Pagula's beaten her this year, but besides that, it's tough because you can see like almost Marta today, and I'm, I don't want to pick on her, but a lot of other players like looking around like. You're like, what am I supposed to do? You know, like, uh, you know, I'm not playing terrible out here. And she's beat, she just, you know, another six love set she had today. And, uh, you know, you watch her go for these shots. You know, she hit a shot today where she's middle of the court, two or three balls into the rally. And she just hauls off and hits this, like, you know, one of those buggy whip forehands that like Nadal made famous, you know, where she doesn't right. come across. She kind of comes up and over her head. Right. And she does it from the middle of the court out, like to the right you know, like off her forehand and it hits out, going out, out on the right of the line. Like this is a ridiculous mm-hmm. angle, you know, where you're like, just the fact you're trying that is crazy. And then, you know, making it. So, I mean, she, she has shots that a lot of other players on the WTA do not have. And uh, she's a lot of fun to watch. So I think she's going to be tough to beat. That's all about confidence. And we talk about that all the time too, but you know, winning breeds that. And, and even though sometimes, you know, she'll stumble, nobody's going to win every match. But uh, but she's not afraid to go and to learn from that and to come back and to work harder and say, listen, I lost that match, but I know what I have to do to not do that again. Mm-hmm. The way she works and the way she goes about it. But uh, I, I've played in Madrid. Madrid is fun to play in and, and because there, it's, there's a little altitude there. And if the courts are dry, they're fast mm-hmm. and the ball travels through the air a little bit quicker. And, and if, uh, if you're on and, and you're hitting the right kind of shots as obviously she is at the moment, you know, things can really go your way and, and, uh, you know, winning a six love set and, you know, it can happen, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you, you, you start making a few shots, your opponent misses. And especially on clay, this was really my nemesis with clay is, you know, if, if I got, a, if I missed a few shots or got a little discouraged. And, and all of a sudden my, I missed a few, my opponent made a few, you know, three or four games go by in a hurry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's tough to make up, but, you know, talking about, uh, 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 Basviantek and the way she plays, the players now know that, that to go out and to play her and to beat her, they got a red line, almost every, every shot, you know, and, and, and play over and above because, because she's winning matches now, uh, before she even walks out there. You know, she, she's got that, that swagger. She's yeah. got that reputation now. And, you know, which that's what you work for, you yeah. know? So those who go out and, and, and beat her and, and you named a, a couple of the, the, the other great uh, players that, that have beaten her, they, they, they produce and they, and, and that raises that she makes everybody she plays, raise their level of game. Definitely. And that's the greatest compliment I think you can get in, in the game. Is that, that you know to go out there and know that everybody's gunning for you, you know you got the bullseye on your back and and uh, everybody almost rather beat her than win the tournament, mm-hmm. you know and and, uh, and and that's that's a pretty great reputation and and by the way her record the last couple of years deserves that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it'll be fun to see who comes through this weekend. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that can find you matched candidates. 
With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is it makes hiring all in one place so easy. I love the fact that I can get everything done in one place. I'm busy, I'm on the go, and that's what I love about Indeed is it makes hiring easy for me. It's all in one place. I don't have to go looking around on different sites. Indeed's my one-stop shop. It has everything I need. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash Connors. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Connors. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to move on and go through a bunch of questions for you. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. I think it's funny because Tyriac used to own Madrid. I don't know if he still does, but it used to be hardcore. It was indoor hardcore, mm-hmm. I think, for a while. And then remember there was That's a year right. where they had blue clay. Do you remember that? I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> they had like Smurf clay. <laughs> and it got so, I think he got so many complaints from like Rafa and like a lot of the top players that it was done. It was one and done. Uh, you can kind of tell that it was, it had to be a little funky because who won it that year? Tomas Burdick came through oh. and won uh, Madrid that year on the blue clay. Well, I, I, I missed that. And, uh, maybe that was a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that did, just, but... You blink, it was, it was quick. But uh, do you want to move on to some questions? Hit me with them. All right. I'm ready. You, you don't have to go long. I just, I got a bunch of them. People gave us some off topic stuff, some tennis stuff, but uh, I'm picking out the ones that are a little different and that maybe we haven't seen before. This one stood out. Okay. It's, I kind of know the answer, but I want to get your take on it. Okay. What are you looking for when you're on the court and you go back to the ball kid and he gives you th- two or three or four balls, you know, players today will even like look at almost every ball back there. What is it that you're looking for to select the ball? Are you looking, you know, for it to be the newest one, right? Are you trying to right. get the newest one? Exactly, exactly. You want the one that's not roughed up uh, as much. Uh, you want it to be a little faster, maybe, to move through the court, and you know, especially uh, you know, in the old days when the ball was a little bit quicker. If it got roughed up a little bit, you you know, one especially if you're starting out and you're serving, you, you want to try to get that, use that to your advantage to win the points a little bit quicker. Now today, I you know, I would have to think that it's pretty much the same. Yeah, you know, but the the balls are so heavy; they seem to be a little bit heavy, anyway. So I'm just trying to think, you know, how how much of an advantage that is. But certainly, a newer ball will move a little bit quicker through the air, especially in Madrid, because it, it seems to be a little altitude there. So mm-hmm. the ball is going to fly a little bit quicker. So uh, the new ball is just going to enhance that just a little bit. Okay, what would you rather have? Let's say you go up to serve zero zero in the game. Mm-hmm. You hit an ace, boom, ace. Now, do you want the freshest looking ball, or does the OCD guy in you <laughs> want the ball from the ace to be thrown Ouch. back down and used again on the fifteen love point? Ouch! Uh, you hit me with the OCD. Christ, I may not be able to answer that. I'm still you know, remembering matches back then when I had the OCD. Yeah, but uh, I was one where if I was good with the ball, I'd like it again. Okay. I'd like that same ball if I could get it. If I, you know, I mean, if it, I wasn't going to wait, you know, 10 minutes to get it, but <laughs> if, if I could, I would prefer, I would prefer that same ball, especially if, if the point was quick. 
Yeah. I, I would like that same ball back. Okay, good. Uh, here's another one. This is a, a quick one that is good for everybody out there who travels. You did a lot of traveling in your life. How did mm -hmm. you deal with jet lag? Oh, I was good at that. And, and uh, here's the reason why, uh, you know, whether, you know, I would fly from the U.S. to Japan or to Europe or whatever, I would get off the plane and I would have them take me directly to the stadium. Okay. And I'd be in my jeans and my whatever pair of tennis shoes and my rackets that always were with me, but I have my tennis shoes and I would go right to the stadium or right to a practice or whatever and go that long, 30, 40, 45 minutes. I wanted to kind of get the airplane off of me, uh, you know, and, and move around and, and to, uh, you know, uh, you're sitting on a plane for X amount of hours, you you know, kind of loosen up a little bit and stretch out and, and uh, sweat a little bit. That, that way I could, I could go back, I could take a shower, have a bite to eat, and, and hopefully, you know, jump right into a, a decent night's sleep. You know, because back then, if you would get to the finals, you'd have to, you know, take a flight out that night. And, you know, wherever you were going, you, you know, you get off the plane and you'd be playing maybe that day or, or just the next day. So you wouldn't have time to adjust. You'd just go right into it. So I would go right to the stadium, have a short workout, you know, go uh, take a shower, bite to eat and, and get some rest. I was pretty good at jet lag. And, yeah. and also I was a pretty good sleeper on the planes, too. That's good. I'm not a very good sleeper on the plane, but uh, I agree. I'm not big athlete guy like you are, but when I travel and go to a new place, I think something that's good to do is to go throw your running shoes on and, and go for a run. Yeah. It, it lets you familiarize yourself with like your surroundings around the hotel or wherever you're staying in a new city and you kind of check out like, Hey, that looks like a good spot to eat dinner and I'll go get my supplies there. And there's the subway and and, and then, you know, exercising kind of gets that, you're right, like the plane off of you. You get the smell and the food, and then you come home, take a shower, and, and, and get a little something to eat, and then you're ready for bed. Yes, sir. So You got it. Okay. Next up, Jimmy. Uh, Rodney Johnson says, Jimmy, what was the first record album you ever bought, and do you still have it? Boy, oh, my. Oh, I, w I wish I could remember. I, uh, boy, oh, boy. No, I don't have it, and it's the biggest regret that uh that i have and, and it's interesting i was just talking to your mom uh a week ago how vinyl is, is starting to come back oh yeah oh my god did we have a collection of uh, uh of, of vinyl records and and when we moved from uh the our ranch in sandy nest over where we are now uh we it just i, I don't know if the yard sale people just came in and just took it. They took them or, or what, but you know, we, every, every vinyl that we had is, uh, you know, we can't find it. Don't have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, unless I still have some back in storage back in Illinois because, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to go check that out uh, this month myself, but man, I wish I had my collection, uh, you know, of, of all the, the albums that I had, uh, 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 man, yeah. I, I think about it and I, I regret not having it. I should have kept my, you know, my, my old, uh, stereo and, and everything, uh, from, from the first one I ever had, because, uh, it just filled, I had a, a little apartment on Wilshire Boulevard when I first came out to California. And the really, the, uh, the only furniture I had, I had a couch and I had a bed and, and I had my stereo and two speakers that just filled the whole place and turn back the clock and take me back there just to, <laughs> uh, just to reminisce a bit. That would be great. Okay. This is a good one. This one uh, stood out to me. I, I know mom and I disagree, so I want to get your take. Okay. Tom Bixler says, after putting a puzzle together, 
How long do you let it sit? My wife puts puzzles together and sometimes it takes two or three weeks. And then within 10 minutes after it's done, it's back in the box. Well, what do you think? Cause we, <laughs> we put some puzzles together. Yeah. Yeah. I walk in and out and, and I may put one piece of the puzzle in there. I don't have the patience to do that, but I have seen the puzzles that you and mom and uh, Melina and, and Aubrey have done. And, and uh, they don't stay there very long. They stay there, what, three or four days, two or three days. I, I mean, then, th- less, I think, but we put, takes a couple days or whatever to put it together. Oh yeah, for sure. And then I, maybe you know, like, a, I feel like they want it to sit for like a day where I'm like, well, geez, you know, it's almost like a little piece of art, you know, like let it sit there it, for a it, week it or something. I mean, it, it looks great <laughs> sitting, sitting on the dining room table and, uh, but you know, then you wake up the next morning and it's gone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, it's sad. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what's more fun, uh, you know, putting it together or, or putting it back in the box. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, uh, I, I, I was never good at that. I didn't have the patience to sit down and to spend the time and, and do that. I, I would, uh, you guys would, would do the puzzles and, and I'd go and, and, uh, do a little exercise or take bogey for a walk or, you know, one of our other pups for a walk and to get out and, and to get in the fresh air. But, uh, yeah, I've seen some of the, uh, the puzzles that you guys have put together, pretty amazing, you know, thousand pieces, you know, whatever amount of pieces. And it's, uh, the, the end result is pretty satisfying. Yeah. They're fun. Good to do over holidays when you got a family in town and you're like cooking and stuff. Yeah. So what do you think? This one was good. Has the rise of Chinese tennis begun to peak? Do you think it'll, it'll grow more in the sport the next 10 years? There's been some players Yibing Wu, who we've talked about, Zhang this week, who's in the, uh, I think he's in the, is he in the semis? He's either in the semis or the, I think he's in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zhang, yeah. Zhang is in the quarters, uh, and he's beat some really good players. He beat Fritz in a good three-setter. Um, he beat mm-hmm. Nori, beat Sh- Shappy. Oh, boy. He's, he's had a good week. Yeah. Played a lot of good player, uh, players, got some wins. Yibing Wu, we talked about winning Dallas earlier this year. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? Because I know we've talked a little about it with, uh, you know, Lee Na. You know, with the women, right. they've had more success. And they have, they have a lot of good players in the top 100. I don't know how many in front of me, but, you know, a, a lot of decent players. You know, week to week, they pick up wins over big players all the time. So do you think it's just kind of a matter of time? Where, like, you know, the more money and the more time that goes by and, you know, people that get into it over there and have the right funding and training and experience... Um, you know, starts to take off even more. I I, I think so. Uh, I I remember back. Uh, I I played uh, a tournament in Canton. Uh, I think it was the first tournament in China back uh, many 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 years ago, and and uh, you know which was a great experience. And 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 I remember you know going and and meeting the train uh, uh, when when a number of the Chinese players had, uh, were coming in to you know to be a part of the tournament. Uh, you know, which was kind of fun, you know, it was a great experience for me, you know, but, uh, you know, Lee, Lee started it all really. Right. Uh, you know, with her success and, and, uh, with majors, uh, yeah. With majors mm-hmm. and, you know, really brought a lot of attention, you know, to tennis in China, uh, you know, and, and you have, you have to look at it by, I guess, sheer numbers, Brett, that, uh, you know, the amount of kids that are playing, I mean, I know they, they have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of other things, uh, in sports and education and, and everything, but, you know, just by sheer numbers, uh, the, the more interest that, uh, and the more success that the players have now, 
that all that's going to do is 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 bring that to the forefront of a lot of the young kids coming up and give them an opportunity to to make a choice of their own what they want to do right and how they want to go about it so just by sheer numbers i would think that uh, the success especially if they're getting the right training right. and the right coaching and i'm sure that you know if they go about it, uh, anything they're they're going to try to do it the right way because they you know they want to make an impact on on the game it, itself so you know, to, to compete, uh, on a worldwide basis in in the major, in every tournament, but, uh, you know, especially the majors. So sure. I, I think that uh, there's a great opportunity there and, you know, all that does, you know, is create, create more excitement in the game, you know, for, you know, international play and, and to, you know, to, to, to keep the game on, on a level that can continues to grow and, uh, would be great. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, just a matter of time where like, you know, everyone makes it seem like Lee not winning was so long ago. That was just, I think, 2014. Uh, she won the Australian Open. So, you know, still, still right. hasn't been 10 years. There has to be time for the people to get into it and, and grow up and get the experience and play and, and work out and all that stuff. So I think it's going to be more. It's just a matter of time. It's, it's cool to see some new fresh faces. Uh, some guys make some runs and, and have some big wins. His matches have been really exciting. He saved three match points against Fritz. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun, man. Those, those matches that have the drama were like, this match had good tennis, but you know, you can excuse matches that don't maybe have the best quality tennis when there's the good drama too, you know, where right. it goes to a tie yeah. break or it's back and forth and, you know, it breaks back. And so, uh, he's been playing a lot of, a lot of good matches and see how he can keep it up. Who does he play? He plays Karatsev. I mean, he can easily, he can beat Karatsev well, and then he would well, get the, the winner of Struve, Sitsi. You know, that might be a little harder if he gets Sitsi, but he can definitely get, yeah, but, uh, but get another win. it's a Masters 1000 tournament. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's a, that's, it's a, it's a big event and, and, uh, you know where he is right now is uh, is 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 great also. But you know, you know, to be honest with you, if he's if he's in the quarters, why not the semis? If he's in the semis, why not the finals? Yep. You know, so you know he's given himself a chance, which is uh, you know the only thing he can ask for. And then then the only thing he has to do is go out and play and win. Yep. So take care of business. Uh, yep. Take care of business. Okay. Right. Two quick ones. This okay. one you can be quick. Who is your favorite player to beat? I know we've talked about players you like to play against and favorite matches, but who did you like at the end of the match, like take the most joy out of beating, whether it was because you didn't like them or because you knew they were the best in the world at the time or your biggest rival or just whatever it was, who did you really, like we talked about with Borg earlier this year, he loved beating you because he knew that you, he must be playing good to beat you and vice versa and all that stuff. Exactly. You know, when I answer this question, that's the most important thing is, you know, I like beating the guys who brought out uh, the best in me and even beyond that, you know, so, so who was that? Uh, you, you know, I mean, there, there's guys, I mean, I, I can mention Lindell, I can mention McEnroe, I can mention Borg, I can mention Vilas, I can mention Gerolitis, I can, you know, uh, uh, Jose Luis Clerk, I can mention Andriato Panada, uh, uh, you know, but, but there's other guys like, you know, like my friend Eddie Dibbs. I, I loved playing him. I loved it because, you know, I, I knew that he, he was, when he played me, he was going to grind just as much as I was, you know, and, and, and we were going to get dirty on the clay, especially playing on the clay. It was going to be dirty and, and, and come off of there exhausted, you know? So there's guys that, that I, I liked playing just because of that, you know, the guys that I liked playing were the, were, were in, in beating, you know, because 
you know, and we've talked about this before. It's like golf also. You can't win the tournament on a Thursday, but you can certainly lose it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you if if you're getting through the tournament, hopefully, you know, your first round and your second round, that you're playing the kind of tennis necessary to win, but you still have the ability to improve, to start playing your best tennis, uh, you know, uh, when you get to the semis and the finals. And, you know, beating... Uh, the guys in the semis and the finals didn't matter who it was because you know those were the ones playing the best tennis that week, mm-hmm. and and uh, that that to me was uh, you know was the most fun and and you know for me you know I I always took great pride Brett in in knowing that that I was the one guy that everybody wanted to beat more than anything, you know because of, because of a lot of things that happened early in my career and and all that that you know that's just the way it was right but I took great pride in that because I knew. That that if I you know I had to figure it out that day. If I was a hundred percent, I knew I was okay. But if I was only seventy percent, I had to figure it out. Yeah, you know, figure out a way to win. Uh, and you know, and I, I knew it would be tough. But you know, what else did I have to do? I, I wasn't going to do anything else for those three hours. So mm-hmm. you know, figure out a way. Yeah, you know, to come off of there satisfied. But you know, L- Lindell, Mac, Borg. Uh, Vilas, you know, all those guys were, you know, were my great competition over the number of years that we all played together. And it was a pretty special time. Nice. Okay. Last question. Uh, I'm going to twist it a little bit because they made it specific about them and it doesn't make sense, but talk to me a bit about like ball kids over the years, you know, like, uh, they kind of blend into the background and they're always draped in all the sponsor gear. And, you know, a lot of times they're, they're kids or they're kids of people who work in the tournament or something, their kids get to do it. But then, you know, sometimes you'll see like on your run in 91, I remember there was a ball quote unquote boy and it was like a 28 year old man. Right. And, uh, (laughs) and I think he did like all of your matches because he's in the background of like a lot of the big points. And he's, you know, you see him like almost laughing when you keep winning these points, like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, can't believe you're still keep winning or you're coming back again. And like, do you have memories or, any, any sort of little thing that stands out about like, you know, the ball kids or, 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 you know, would you see some this, you know, the next year or were you happy to see some, you know, I don't know, give me something. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the open, especially, and, and you were saying that because, you know, uh, you know, I, I played the open since I was 19. So a lot of 1920, uh, a lot of those uh, kids were ball boys and, and kind of grew up with me along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go back and, you know, I would feel comfortable if I knew uh, a, a ball boy on the court, you know, go back and, you know, uh, be able to talk to him or, you know, they, they'd hand me my towel and, and I'd, I'd look over and I'd say, is he as tired as I am? Or, you know, kind of anything to kind of break the tension, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and uh, you know, to give me a breather and to let my mind get away from concentrating totally on the tennis because I wasn't good with that. I needed to you know, to let my mind go sometimes so that when the point was, was on and the ball was in play that I was at my best. And, you know, I, I look back at, especially at the open, whether it was forest Hills or, uh, once we moved over the flushing that, you know, I, I had a few friends that were ball boys, you know, they were special to me. I hope I was special to them because they, they kind of relieved a lot of that tension along the way for me. And, and, you know, kind of filled me in and say, you know, I said, man, I'm exhausted. And they say, so is he, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> but whether, whether they were or not, uh, you know, the players, you know, they, but it was just nice to, you know, to have a, a little bit of a release. So, yeah, you know, they, they don't get enough credit either because they, 
do such a great job and, and they almost have to be invisible. Yeah. You know, back there, they, you know, if you're running down a shot back behind the baseline, they got to be out of your way. And, you know, they got to pick the ball up from the net and, and get there and, you know, uh, roll it and like it's you know. amazing it's it, you know when they're when they're good they're really good and and uh i don't think they get enough credit but uh yeah i've had i've had a lot of friends that were ball boys in a lot of tournaments and uh i hope they're doing well and i hope they're listening to our podcast nice yeah ho hopefully there's some of them out there yeah i think it's cool too because one of the last shots of every tournament will be like you know there's a trophy ceremony after the final you know, the speeches, they have, they thank the sponsors, we get the trophy shots, blah, blah, blah. They walk around the court taking pictures. But then one of the last things they do is the player will gather with all the ball kids and they take right. a picture with the with the trophy with all the ball kids. And you can always tell, like, the players, there's, like, the, like a kinship with the ball kids because they're probably all tennis players, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that they were a ball kid at some tournament. You know, like we know fed ball kid, kid for you. Like you probably were right. a ball kid at somewhere when you were growing up at some tournament, you know, like everyone has like sort of a, a connection to the ball kids and like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just something that like, you're right. It always just blends in and no one really talks about it. And, uh, it's cool to acknowledge them and to know. Yep. Cause I, I remember the one, <laughs> the one dude at the U S open is like, he like, he's coming in off the subway off his like, uh, wall street job. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. like he looks like he's like an older, like normal dude and he's out there ball boying and it's like probably a blast, you know, like the U S open every year back when, uh, it was out at, uh, outdoors at Louis Armstrong stadium there. So, yep, that's it. That's good questions. Uh, I'm done for the night. I got to get in the shower and uh, get ready for Madrid again tomorrow. Got some, some good tennis doing Sitsi Pass and Stroof in the oh, evening. Boy. And then, nice. uh, I think Iga again. So that'll be fun. You've got a good day. Yep. We got to remind all our listeners that we appreciate them and uh, continue to, you know, follow us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Connors. You can follow Brett on Twitter mm -hmm. at Brett underscore Connors. Mm -hmm. Follow us at ADV Connors for our podcast. Yep. What am I missing? Uh, I think your Facebook page, you can do that. That's where we put a, I always ask the question there because we get a lot of good responses pretty quick. So Great. keep it up. We appreciate it. And uh, tell Spencer to stay in town another night. I'll come up after work tomorrow and we'll, uh, we'll get him and then maybe try and get Doc Scheinberg this weekend. Famous yeah. uh, orthopedic surgeon, Doc Scheinberg. Good buddy. Maybe we'll play some golf with him and get him on and uh, get a couple shows for, uh, for the next couple weeks. Get some rest. Yep. Talk to you. See you tomorrow. Sounds good. Love you guys. And uh, tell mom hi and uh, talk to everyone next week. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.